Hello and welcome to Untying the Knot. Uh, I'm Jake and with me are my co-hosts, Minnie and Flavius. How's it going? What's up? And today we're going to eventually get into, get into talking about the Child Welfare System Executive Order that the president signed last week and, and how it was covered and, and why it was covered in specific ways. Um, but first, you know, we figured last week we were complaining about how uh, about how slow the news week was and we were complaining about our topic and, and how non-controversial it was and there wasn't much. <laughs> and then this week, just like we kind of said in our text, we need to be careful what we wish for. Right. Uh, <laughs> this week it all just blew up. Yeah, with a meme-riddled uh, new pair here we got. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. Um, so the first, I, I, I know that one of the things I wanted to mention was uh, the, the, the couple. Uh, with the, one of them had a, had, a, had a rifle, one of them had a handgun. It was... Yeah, self-defense against a mob. Yeah. There but, we go. How fun. Quote, quote unquote. You're right. <laughs> Well, and, and, and the thing about it was, like, there, there are distinctions to be made, and it was how, like, when I first started talking about this issue with anybody, my wife brought it up, and she, she brought it up in the context of what she had read, but then everything she had read, we looked at the source, and it was like, oh, this is very limited information compared to anywhere else you can look at it. Right. <laughs> you know? And so a lot of, like... And I've seen it a couple of times. There was one. There's, there was one site like Refinery Twenty Nine or something like that. Some smaller site that's trying to generate controversy to get bigger. Mm-hmm. Like they totally went down on these are the new. You know, they were using the term Karens and stuff. And, like that. Yeah, it's <laughs> like the thing about it is, you know, I, I, as we've talked about before, we we of course support any kind of peaceful protest. And in fact, the 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 way I kind of interpreted the further information that I got about this story was that, you know, the protesters broke through a barrier into a gated community, which means they're no longer right. on land, they're on private property. They're trespassing at this point, right. Right, which which limits their 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 right to protest, but right. they're heading to the mayor's mansion, right? Yeah. So, while the land around the mayor's mansion might be on private property that is that is uh, not owned by the government, the mayor's mansion is actually paid for by the government. Right. I don't know how land work, but you know they might have been marching to like on an impasse between set tracts of public land. And and the other thing that I read about was how um, you know the one thing that this family does not the 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 people with the with the firearms that the husband and wife uh, that they don't want to be is like a meme for the other side they don't they actually uh had their lawyer issue statements about how they believe in the black lives matter movement and how they support the 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 cause uh that 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 the black lives matter movement is um promoting yeah and uh what they were responding to was the gate to their community was broken down people were trespassing on the land and from what i read it was a diverse crowd, but there were white people yelling threats at them that they right. police about, you know, and um, so it was, it, you know. It... Yeah, that, that was really interesting for me, too. And, you know, at first seeing it, I was like, OK, well, these guys are like nuts, like, first of all. <laughs> and, you know, regardless of what they wanted to stand for or not, unfortunately, so 
there are entire meme pages about them now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like regardless of what they want or not, they they are like at the epitome of what's going on in in you know quick media, if you will. <laughs> but and then, but then, and then that's the whole mission of our podcast, though, is like you know when it comes to that meme media, that's that's the way you get things like PizzaGate and crap like <laughs> you know, and and conspiracy theories. So yeah, you know we. we I guess the reason we want to talk about it is to provide more context and information and be like, look, it's, we're not saying that what they did was right. Right. Saying there's more context to that situation yeah. than just, Hey, they saw protesters and walked outside with their guns. Right. <laughs> right. They, they heard threats and apparently it was an ongoing thing too. And they had heard threats like, you know, like forthcoming, yeah. you know, but they were already, you know, aware that, you know, people were going to be coming through and they knew that some of those folks would not be, happy in general you know and they could have been like you know threatened or whatever else it may be and their safety could have been you know again i mean i'm not agreeing with them let's get that you know straight now the way they did it was not good granted the guy didn't point the gun his ar at anybody so you know him holding his gun out you know was his right that's i get get it somebody's on your property you can hold the gun but that you know let's quote unquote her as karen pointing the gun with her finger on the trigger that's a big no, no, you know, that that's what really irked me is because I know a lot about gun safety and like, you know, I'm, I'm into like shooting guns here and there, but you don't hold your finger on the trigger and you definitely don't point a gun at somebody else unless you're willing and ready to shoot them. Like, you know, like that's not okay. Completely more innocuous story. I was, uh, I was shooting with my in-laws uh, a couple of years ago and I actually had, uh, it was when I had tendonitis in my elbow and it was a little bit ironic cause I had tennis elbow, but I actively do not like to play tennis. <laughs> but... That happens a lot more often than you think too. <laughs> Everyone I've heard, I was like, I have tennis elbows. Like I'm looking at, I was like, well, I hate tennis. And they're like, well, so do I. And I'm like, then what the hell? <laughs> you know, the worst thing is it was, uh, it was chin-ups. It was chin-ups that did it for me. Oh, really? <laughs> Dang. Yeah. No, I can barely do four. I used to be able to do like 15. Oh, man. <laughs> but um, so I had tennis elbow, but we were shooting with my in-laws and my father-in-law had just uh, received as a gift a, uh, a pistol grip shotgun. Nice. Right. Wow. But I'm right handed and I had tennis elbow in that arm. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm trying it anyway. <laughs> so I had out the shotgun. My wife asked for uh, someone to take a picture of us. And I, I, I had no intention of shooting it. The safety was on, but my finger was on the trigger. Ooh. When we put that picture on Facebook, I got so much crap from people who know so much more about shooting than I do. And it was specifically that. It was, if you're not aiming to shoot, you should not have your finger on that tr- trigger. Right. You know? And, um, yeah, that's that's that's... That's entirely correct. I, I definitely learned that lesson in spades through <laughs> social yeah. media humiliation. Right, right. <laughs> Sometimes the best way to learn a lesson, you know? <laughs> <laughs> true, true. You know, I, I, This I, is I, why I stick to throwing knives. It, there's more <laughs> effort into that because you have to be positioned to throw, not just like a finger. It's like, all right, elbow, finger, follow through. You know, I don't know if it'd be more intimidating if I somebody you know saw someone with like a belt of throwing knives and had one at the ready, like at the ready, <laughs> like this guy knows what he's doing. I don't, I don't like that. Hey, like watched... in, the movie, uh, in the movie Desperado. Yeah, <laughs> I've watched Danny, Danny Trejo throwing knives at everybody. 
We've watched enough of these superhero shows and movies to know that when someone has the balls to have those knives out, they know how to... Yeah, they mean business. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mess with them. <laughs> right. But, you know, again, I mean, that, uh, you know, reading into it, though, like, it was really, really interesting seeing that, the, you know, these two were lawyers who supported the, the BLM movement. And that, that was, that was uh, kind of riveting to me, <laughs> you know? The way they're portrayed is certainly not the way that, you know, they stood for. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and I get, and, and I, I, the way I read the article that I found, it seemed this way, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. But to me, it seemed like when they were asked about what happened, some of the organizers of the protest itself kind of put the blame on the mayor of the town who had, uh, the thing that they were protesting was that the mayor of the town or city had, uh, read the names and addresses and in a social media culture like our modern one today, you kind of like doing that is almost even That's if who, record, right. it's something that makes it that much easier for someone to look up who is where. And it put, it does put those families in a noticeable amount of, of danger just for having the audacity to utilize their first amendment right to petition the government and, and write a letter mm-hmm. to the mayor expressing an opinion about what they should do. Right. They read the names and addresses of these people who, they were ostensibly saying we're on the opposite side of the issue as them because it was the defunding the police issue. Right. And that's what the people were protesting. They were demanding that they were protesting the mayor and kind of many of them were demanding that the mayor resign for uh, their actions. And Mm -hmm. so it was sort of, I might be reading into the article too much and I might be putting words into the uh, protest leaders mouths, but it seemed to me the way it was reported was kind of that they had a little bit of uh, understanding of where the, the family came from. Um, Mm -hmm. in the sense that it was the same it was at least the same sort of fear and they put the blame more on uh the mayor for creating this tense situation right both sides were kind of responding to and not always in the best way right you know because like you know you you have a protest it's emotionally charged and people say things that you know they might think back on and be like well maybe i shouldn't have said that Uh, right maybe that was a little threatening and i shouldn't have done that yeah Uh, you know (laughs) peaceful, peaceful protest um, you know, you, you got to speak to the emotionality of the moment and, and, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's one of those situations where it's so, there's more to be, to be said than what you're going to get from like one side over the other. They're, they're definitely presenting these people, um, yeah. for the most part in a way that sort of, I mean, you know, the president, I think retweeted their, their response and mm. then, you know, eventually either deleted it or, or something like that. But right. at the same time as he accidentally retweeted someone saying white power, which yeah. did, you know, dog whistle or not. But, um, yeah, you know, so, that, you know, like I said, like we said, it's <laughs> careful what you wish for last week. Right. We have to do another yeah. one about a president, the president tweeting. And now this week it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> jumping all around. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> 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 was supposed to be actually uh i i don't I, you know when we didn't really have the full discussion we did it through text but when when we were saying uh picking which story we were going to do i was leaning towards this one because to me it seemed like something that the president would do that no matter what we can say about it it's a good move yeah you know yeah it is cover it because it's interesting to like you know you see a lot of things where you know the president does something and one side's trying to paint the worst thing ever. And the other side's trying to paint it as 
you know, calm down, not so bad. Or yeah, you know, one and 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 in this one, it's kind of like this isn't actually a bad thing. The the it's it's a good thing. Uh, the executive order that the president signed and the liberal perspective or the, or the, the, the article we had to give us the sort of liberal perspective is mainly not just, it, it doesn't disagree with this executive order being a good thing. It just kind of puts context to here's some places that the, that the current administration has supported sort of discrimination in the foster care system. Right. And then hopefully, you know, it could be moved to pass like, you know, um, that it could be worked on and get better, you know, for, you know, in a deeper sense of the matter. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's what kind of why I wanted to cover this because it was like, let's cover something where, and, and, and then when we get like, let, let me just read the summary. Cause um, you know, we're talking about it. <laughs> we're kind of right. Kind of <laughs> missed the topic here. Right. <laughs> yeah. So the summary is that uh, president Donald Trump signed an executive order last Wednesday. So almost a week ago. Yep. Dur- improving the child welfare system and decreasing the amount of time kids spend in foster care before they're permanently placed with families. Um, no, no matter how you look at it, that's a good thing. Uh, nobody yeah. who enters the foster care system is, is having an easy time. Right. You know, nobody- you hear tons of stories of people who either have been able to make a better change and those who have just suffered through the whole thing. So it's, it's almost a hit or miss per state per County. Right. Right. And then, and then that's just it, you know, it's like, you know, some people have been able to enter the foster care system and get to a better result. Some people have been bounced around, but at the same time, it's, it's not a, it's not a system where like, if you're in that system, you're, you're going, yes, I, I, I love that I'm here. You, you're hoping for, you know, a, a, a good family to be placed with. You're hoping to move past trauma. You're hoping to, um, you're hoping to move into a, a better situation in some way or another right difficult situation to be in to be in the foster care system so like any kind of help for people in the foster care system is not a bad thing it's a good thing you know um and this order itself reportedly aims to give care providers access to better funding tools for education and, and ways of dealing with trauma um now what they pointed out on all sides which i found interesting because it is in itself its own tabloid method is only three sources rated as either left or center, the ACLU, the Hill, and the Associated Press. And the Hill and the Associated Press are generally center, whereas the ACLU is generally considered left because they take up, they're, they're a group of, uh, they're a law, a law group that takes up social justice causes. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, the, the ACLU um, generally is considered somewhat more left. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In some ways, sometimes they, they I, I don't know, I don't, I don't view them, I, I view them as like, you know, more, uh, liber- I don't know. I'm not going <laughs> to judge, I'll let other people judge the ACLU. I'm just going to, uh, you know, report on what they say. Um, but they, uh, they uh, are pretty much our left of center um, source this week. And they took issue with. Uh, the orders focused on increased involvement of faith-based agencies saying that state government should know that religion is not a license to discriminate. And right. Get that. Uh, uh, we'll get to that, but we're going to start with the right rated source, especially because we started with the liberal source last week mm-hmm. um, and the coverage from right rated sources in general frame the order as more of a well-intentioned effort from the Trump administration, which honestly, no matter where your partisan 
field exists, no matter where you exist in the partisan field, I mean, like we're saying, trying to improve the foster care system is only going to result in good things for people in the foster care system. And so honestly, right. It's kind of hard not to see it as a good thing. And that's why the, the lack of coverage from the left is kind of telling, you know, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you, if you're, if you're, if you're a, a news source that's against the president or against the right, and someone from the right does something like try to improve the foster care system, try to make things better for foster kids. How are you going to come out and be like, how dare they try to better? <laughs> yeah, you you got no real grounds to argue it. And it's just like, all right, well, uh, what exactly are you going to do? Like, you know, is there a certain way we can, I guess, scrutinize, but we probably got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Um so our conservative source is uh, uh, the author is Leslie Ford, and uh, her article comes from the National Review on June 26, 2020, um, and it's Forever Families for Forgotten Kids. And the author's position is this is a good executive order that will help foster children by improving funding and accountability in the foster care system. Um, and and she, I will say, like the second half of the article, just like a lot of times when we see in these articles, they kind of throw everything in almost early you know the the we see loaded words we see a vague testimonial we see some stacked cards but really uh the second half of the article because they're trying to inform the public about what this new program is going to be um it's pretty informative uh about how the executive order works um so you know the first tabloid technique we run into is the loaded words i mean even the words in the title are meant to evoke an emotional response you know right forever forgotten kids supposed to make you feel bad for those for for those forgotten kids and want them to get to those forever families right you know yeah Um, we could foster now (laughs) it kind of gave that feeling right off the bat you're like oh man like i gotta look up how to do that (laughs) yeah it really is a loaded title yeah and they don't stop you know they they uh yeah they, they they certainly press on to it. And, they, uh, they keep at it. Yeah. Like um, Vince McMahon trying to shove down a superstar you just hate. He's like, no, nah, he's awesome. It's like, no, nah, we still hate him. <laughs> we still hate Roman Reigns. We're going to keep booing the crap out of him. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, but everybody else says he's good. Right. <laughs> With five moves he still has, please. But the kids buy his shirt. Oh, wait, that's why that's why that happens. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know, other examples of uh, the loaded words, you know, they early on say the order, which will decrease the time that children spend in foster care and help them find loving families, is desperately needed to give some of America's most vulnerable kids a better shot at a better life. Mm-hmm. Not untrue, but, you know. Yeah. Those they're definitely laying on thick. <laughs> yeah, they're la- exactly. Yes, yeah, thick as like ice cream as a uh, cake icing. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> um. They also utilize the tactic of vague testimonial. The uh, opening of the article hooks the reader with the sad story of two boys who bounced around the foster care system. And then they kind of say, they hope that no one has to uh, go through the same thing that they did. But then all they really said was these two boys bounced around the foster care system. And then they don't tell you anything about their, their actual backstory, except for foster care. So you're supposed to just assume foster care bad, but yeah, you would hope. Was there any words from them whatsoever? Like a no. actual sentence? <laughs> nope. Nope. 
And they, they mentioned them three times throughout the entire article, I think, something like that. Was it Arthur and David or something like that? I uh, can't remember the first kid's name. But, um, oh, so it was uh, Anthony and David. Anthony and David, thank you. Yep. But, uh, yeah, they mentioned them three times throughout the article and didn't really – I mean, they mentioned them in passing, but they didn't really explain any in detail about what their situation was, why it was so bad, and no testimonials from them either. Yep. Which would have really helped more in the – I mean, it would still be thick, but at least – it would be better points more, in their favor. More informative, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, more informative, better points in their favor for that article. Absolutely. Yeah, it, and I can't argue with that. It's exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, after this vague testimonial, they use some stack cards. The, the article shares statistics regarding foster care that is meant to sow fear about the results of the system, particularly for the children who age out. Right. Um, it's hard to, like, I want to go through those statistics and point out to people different places where it's like, oh, well, you know, it could be less scary than what they're pointing out. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like, their intention is to drum up support for, yeah. or, uh, in order to increase the social options available to the people who these horrible statistics reference. And we all come from a place of, of sympathy for the people that these statistics reference. So it's kind of, it's like, have you guys ever, you guys have watched South Park, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, a few episodes. You ever see the episode of the, 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 the um, it's the best friends forever, forever episode where uh, Kenny gets hit by a uh, truck while playing his PlayStation portable <laughs> was meant to be, he was supposed to be hit by that truck because he, reached the top level of this game that was made by heaven oh yeah <laughs> he was going to lead the armies of heaven using the golden psp but then right. <laughs> save his life and yeah. he's a, in a persistent vegetative state and it came out at the same time as the terry shivo case uh because no. they're about that um and it was and, and so you had both sides uh, on one side kenny had left his psp to cartman and cartman who is entirely superficial <laughs> it, yeah to get them to pull Kenny's feeding tube so that he gets the PSP from Kenny's will. And Kyle and Stan want to keep Kenny alive because he's their friend. Right. <laughs> and in the end, they figure out through a huge conflation of the issue that uh, yeah. Kyle and Stan are wrong for the right reasons. Right. Hartman is right for the, for the wrong, wrong reasons. Right. <laughs> And that's kind of how I feel about these statistics. These statistics are being used in an underhanded way. Yeah. Hard for me to argue with them because I feel like they're being used for a good cause. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I know that the author is trying to manipulate me with these statistics. But I support the reason that they're doing it because I think that doing things to help foster the foster care system in general is a good thing. Absolutely. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, like, it's underhanded, but uh, I can't get mad at the author for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the, the, I felt this. I felt the same way reading this article too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they finished up with uh, uh, the last tactic I noticed is uh, vague terms, which is an interesting tactic that we don't, that you, we only notice because we read both sides, right? 
the last section of the article is extremely informative about the ways that the executive order is meant to help foster children. But because of the context, the function of the executive order, that are, we yep. only learn those by reading what the liberal source has to say. So I actually pushed my, the, I don't I hope you guys don't mind, I pushed the bias rating but until we see what the liberal source has to say with regards to what the conservative source says, because the uh, conservative source basically explains um, that the that what this executive order does is it elevates the role of bridge organizations and faith faith based groups that act as bridge organizations. They're basically nonprofits that create long term relationships between like local churches and caseworkers or local uh, agencies and, and caseworkers, and they and right. They, right. Um, and they can they can really provide additional support, help adoption programs function properly, offer support to families who who might want to adopt, you know, mm-hmm. and that's one half. Um, they fill many gaps. And so it provides sort of funding and, and, and uh, informational support to the job that they do. Right. It also uh, uh, provides more resources, brings new resources to the, fa- to the foster families themselves, you know, um, mm-hmm. provides educational options that are flexible, able to address the challenges that these kids have experienced connects families with with therapy you know opens up new funds so that different so that families will have quality legal representation they need to navigate the foster care court system right doubles and then it also uh, increases federal oversight to ensure that states who aren't meeting their statutory obligations meet their obligations so the kids aren't lingering in the system too long mm-hmm all three of those things are good. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it sounds a, a positive stride to actually make it a lot more accommodating. Yeah. And help to basically level out all the states um, when it comes to, to this. Exactly. Um, but then you get to what the ACLU had to say, and they really only put out a comment because they're involved in uh, a, a few cases or mm-hmm. uh, specific case that they mention, um, where even though the, the administration has, has signed this executive order in an effort to make the foster care system easier to navigate and connect uh, children to families quicker, um, they were basically pointing out we're involved in these cases where they are clearly in objection to certain families um, being able to participate in the system. Yeah. And the one that they're specifically in has to do with with, uh, with LGBTQ families, but um, they also point out other places, such as a, um, a welfare agency that only accepts evangelical Protestant Christian families. So if you're not the, it's not even if you're not the right kind of religion. If yeah, you're the right kind of this one specific religion. Yeah, that 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 part really got to me too. That was I was I started I started to get stirred up, and the author definitely did uh, their their work, you know, and, and make sure I felt that way. <laughs> like, <laughs> did a good job at that, to be honest. Now, yeah, it, it was pretty messed up because <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't know much about what was going on up until I read uh, both articles and then started researching a little bit and more into it, which I can still do a lot more research, but. <laughs> I didn't know there was a lot of organizations that that wouldn't allow, you know, a Jewish family to adopt. Yeah, this organization. That's like that's what are you doing? <laughs> if your if your mission is to help kids get to loving families, then you know, and, and here and here, well, 
my, my whole thing about it is, you know, if they want to be discriminatory in their practices, that's fine. They just can't right. government money. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Uh, the government is, and they've made it clear in many court cases, the government is expected not to discriminate, but that doesn't mean that individuals have to be beholden to the government standard. Right. Um, when it comes to, uh, their beliefs or especially when it comes to like religion and stuff like that. So, you know, if a, if a, if a, if a Catholic, uh, 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 social services group wants, is uncomfortable working with homosexual families. Okay. But right. that, the federal government and the state government should not be giving them money. Agreed. You know? Yeah. Uh, and we're saying that before we, even, <laughs> before we even read our stuff about the ACLU. Comments. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So our slightly liberal source is uh, the American Civil Liberties Union, and the title is ACLU Comment on Trump Executive Order on Foster Care. Uh, you can tell they're lawyers and not journalists. Yeah. <laughs> and their position is essentially, this can be a good thing, but we don't trust the people doing it because their actions seem hypocritical. And they really only use two tabloid techniques. They use testimonial because as a law firm, they are currently arguing a case where a Catholic social services group is objecting to working with same-sex couples. Um, and the Trump administration has filed a brief in support of the Catholic social services group in court. So what that means is that while the executive order is described by the, as described by the conservative source may provide a quicker route to find kids' families, the ACLU is noting that the administration is at the same time promoting an increased role from vaguely describe faith-based groups who they side with when the groups discriminate against certain adoption interested couples. Um, and again, it's fine if a faith-based group is going to ex abide by what they, what they claim to believe. But if you're going to discriminate against certain couples, you know, that, lends itself to well then the government can't support you the government can't provide you money you're gonna have to provide funding for yourself to do this mm -hmm. yeah yeah it, i agree with that you just can't i mean totally it, yeah it's fair so you either have to be open and willing to really help others or you know good luck on your own yeah it's it's the basic tenet of the separation of church and state you know if you're <laughs> right yeah you agree with um, that, that you believe that you don't agree with a homosexual lifestyle and you, the government can't force you to, to abide by it. The government can't force you to, uh, 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 facilitate those adoptions. Mm -hmm. But then by the same flip of the coin, the government should also not be providing you with funding to discriminate against those couples. Yeah. Right? You know, that that's just how it works. Yeah. Doesn't mean you can't participate in the adoption and the foster care system at large, you just can't accept federal money uh, or you can't be given federal money if you're, if you're not going to work with all families. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, you can't uh, fundraise in your, in your congregation and, and receive money that way to participate in the adoption in, uh, uh, in foster care systems. Um, just that the government has to be open to supporting every family that wants a child uh, mm -hmm. through adoption, being able to uh, adopt in a way that they cannot abide or they cannot support. They can abide. They can't support. Right. Uh, <clears throat> these faith-based groups discriminating. Mm -hmm. 
Um, the other thing is that uh, they they use stacked cards. They point out uh, the other clear example, which was the Trump administration has been providing funding to a child welfare agency in South Carolina that will only accept evangelical Protestant Christian families. So people are the wrong type of Christian, whether it's Catholic, whether it's, you know, oh, you're Presbyterian and we're Baptist. So, yeah. You know, uh, right. Jewish or Muslim, you know, need not apply. They will not they will not allow you to adopt. Yeah. Which is is not. <laughs> yeah. A family who wants to adopt, who wants to uh, both have the joy of a child in their home, but also, um, you know, help a, a child who, who who needs a home. Yeah. Um, they should be supported. Right. Know, which religion or, or, or anything like that. Um, you know, it's the foster, as we said in the beginning, the foster care people who make it into the foster care system are not sitting there loving the fact that they're in the foster care system. Right. You know, so helping them find adoption is first and foremost. Yeah. Regard. It doesn't matter if that is with a family. And really, if you're pairing this, the child with the family that, uh, that will love and, and support them mm-hmm. at an age where they, uh, you know, are aware and cognizant they're not an infant you know um they should be able to to make a form a bond with any family that that wants to form a bond with them regardless absolutely absolutely of uh of, of any of those considerations uh you know mm-hmm. in race uh, sexuality you know a family wants to provide love and that's important mm-hmm. and that's important overall it really shouldn't be what you know your religion is and what your views are it's yeah to really be nitpicking on that it's it's just very to me it's just very stupid (laughs) yeah yeah. i I mean there's there's enough going around in this world that why why uh you know uh lost words here like why you know like subject a child to like not be able to experience this love no matter what family he you know goes into and you know i i have a friend who you know, had uh, two mothers growing up, and he had no problems at all. I didn't even know he had two mothers until, like, I had known him for a long time. <laughs> you know, and, and for those people who are afraid of, like, you know, like, your kids growing up, or, like, you know, a kid growing up, and, like, a, a family like this, well, he's he's a fireman, and he's getting married to a woman. Like, you know, like, it's, you don't, your viewpoints don't become a th- certain thing. You know, a friend of mine was telling me, too, um, and this is getting a little off topic, but, like, you know, people don't choose their like sexuality. Like, you know, you don't wake up and say, you know what, today I'm going to be straight. You know, that's as stupid. That's like the mentality that you're, you're trying to like, you know, force upon yourself saying that you're like, Oh, well, you know, you don't wake up every day saying you're going to be gay. Well, no, <laughs> you just are, you are, or you aren't, you know? And, and, <laughs> well, and, and I always think of some of the pejorative terms in high school. And it's like, you don't, you don't wake up one day and just go, you know what? I really want to be bullied. <laughs> right right <laughs> no because I, I remember what it was what it, what it was like in high school and what we you know how we treated each other and and i can only imagine what it was what it was like for for like any of the people that i know that came that i knew in high school because i moved away and uh haven't really been back in a long long time but anyone who did eventually come out i can't imagine what it was like being in that high school because you know 
pejorative terms that were synonymous for gay were used all the time. Yep. Nobody was waking up going, man, I really want to be that. I I really uh, enjoy people using my, my life, my, my, my sexuality as an insult. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, I was going to say, it's like in our high school, I mean, I actually, I give props to a few kids who pretty much were straight up about it. I mean, it wasn't always said, but you could easily tell by their actions and through other people, they're like, yeah, no, he's like, she's gay. He's gay. It's like, all right, cool. I mean, yeah, we use the terms often against each other, but I, I, I'll say, um, I mean, surprising the school I went to that we had a bit more respect towards others in that regard like yeah, yeah we were bullied to a degree but we i never heard of a full incident where someone really picked a fight about him it was kind of like you know what cool for you i'll kind of keep my distance but otherwise in that like i mean there was no change in class there was no change in the halls like nobody it wasn't like you know would have been back in the 60s where it's like i'm gonna keep my i'm gonna keep 500 feet away from you yeah Right. It was just walking down the hall, and it's just like, oh, hey, what's up, Kenny? <laughs> well, I, I do have to point out that, like, uh, we, we went to high school in different areas because you guys, you guys, I think both of you went to high school around the area that we live, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. See, I went to high school in, in a small town in Northern Maryland. Um, mm. I can remember being subject to casual racism because people just assumed that because I was white like them if they put their headphones on my, on my ears and it was this, and it was some incredibly racist uh, country song, I would just be like, <laughs> and laugh with them. And it was you know, huh. stuff like that. Like, like we, you know, it was, it was that sort of thing where like the way people acted toward each other and talked to each other in the small town where I lived, like I couldn't imagine um, being, from one of those marginalized groups and having people talk like that so prevalently, so loudly. Right. You know, no, yeah, you would, you would stay very quiet. There's, you wouldn't, you just don't need that extra attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely still certain people who are in those areas that, yeah, they, they're just basically biding their time until they can move and be in an area that accepts them more. Yeah. Right. And, they're, and they're totally aware that the area that they live in, is unaccepting and it's and, and i can imagine it's because right. <laughs> at the time i was a little leftist and uh you know so they you know being a little leftist in a conservative area people of course weren't as accepting of me but <laughs> right uh, what no you, really? <laughs> of all people Damn. i know i'm so well i'm so easy to get along with and whatnot i see this is why maryland is terrible <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that <laughs> It's okay. They would say the same thing about where we are. <laughs> Every state has their own thing against another state. That people really can't accept that, and they think like, "Oh, that's not true. You're just lying to yourself consistently." <laughs> so they should really stop lying to themselves. But you know, I, I chose that confrontation, and I, I and I thrived in it. I I lived in it. I, in fact, I used that confrontation sometimes to uh, get other students out of having to do classwork in a given day. You know. <laughs> When you live in a conservative area and you come out with some off the wall leftist philosophy, your teachers 
in high school often feel, especially the moderate ones, often feel like they're doing you a service by discussing it with you for the almost the entire class period, um, <laughs> <laughs> which I had happen a couple of times. And I didn't even realize I was helping other students out until at one point uh, we were leaving class and one girl turned to me and she goes, thanks. I had to get geometry homework to finish. And I had no idea when I was going to do it, but you talking to Miss Johnson just <laughs> 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 gave me enough time to do my homework. See, sometimes I'm... it pays to be a different person. You know? <laughs> I, I appreciated the kids that would do that in my classes too. Like I think one kid did in a math class. We had a discussion on dinosaurs. It had nothing to do with math at all. <laughs> and we were like a whole almost class and a half behind because like our teacher went into it and he kind of looks, he's like, Oh crap. We're like, we're like, what's wrong? It's like, you have five minutes left and we haven't done a thing. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, in, in my case, I don't know what my French teacher, uh, was doing teaching me social studies. <laughs> <laughs> Did she do it in French? If so, she was doing her job correctly. <laughs> No, we talked in English the entire episode. I think, she, oh, man. I think she got a student to put an episode of Simpsons on in French. Nice. <laughs> Teaching at its finest. <laughs> well, she was trying she was trying to help me apparently. Right. <laughs> and obviously it worked. I became much more of a centrist, you know, 20 years down the line, but <laughs> You know, I, I I think back to what I was saying. Like, I don't even want to bring up the argument because I don't believe it anymore. Right. <laughs> I was really only saying it just to, just because I knew that walking in and saying something that far to the left would get my daughter or to you know try to corner me back into the center in a way. <laughs> and you know, it it was fun for me. <laughs> All right. So going back to our original topic. Right. <laughs> Now that I've talked about myself for five minutes. <laughs> so, um, you know, both sides are not really saying that this is a that this is a bad thing that the president has done. It's honestly like and, and that's the thing is it's a it's a good thing that the president is doing. If, if the president is trying to help the foster care system, that's a good thing. Yeah. You know? yeah. Right. So when it came to the bias ratings, I wanted to do them uh, as one, mainly because uh they sort of the information in the liberal one gives context to the information in the conservative one. Um, so for the conservative article, my bias rating one, uh, one out of five, one through five was uh, a 2.5. It was in the half. Um, the source is clearly biased, but it's biased for a good cause. It's a good, yeah. that the president is trying to help the foster care system, whether you like the president or not. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so uh, it isn't a bad thing, but they're clearly biased. And some of the tactics that they use are a little underhanded. Um, mm -hmm. wh what about you guys? Yeah, I, I give uh, a 2.5 as well. No, I, I have to agree. Um, it's I, the, the only thing there is like they, it was just a little vague with, you know, um, talking about the two brothers and not I don't not think the more details to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, could have either raised it up more or just, you know, probably dropped it a little bit. Um, so now I have to agree with 2.5. Yeah. Right in the middle. Um, so and the amount of little information they gave, I don't even know if they're brothers. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It just kind of, it literally, it mentions them a couple times, you know, Anthony and David, Anthony and David. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, how many Anthony and Davids are there in the world? Come on. 
<laughs> but really, it just it's it's the first paragraph is the only place where they give any details about him. It says, "Last year, I met with a group of students who had who had endured the foster care system, and right. moved from foster home to foster home for eighteen years. His entire childhood." Another, David, had entered foster care at eight years old. He was placed in seven different inpatient facilities within six months. Both expressed their hope no child would ever have to experience what they had. Hmm. That's yeah. awesome. And then, like, this week, President Trump signed an executive order to help ki- kids like Anthony and David. Right. That is the last time they're mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I'm double-checking right now. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. They're also mentioned in the last sentence. <laughs> uh, there we go. Yeah, bring full circle. So, you know, <laughs> the thousands of children could benefit children who deserve better than what happened to Anthony and David. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's yeah, that, that's laying it real thick right there at the end. Yeah, Chekhov would be smiling right now. <laughs> and, and, and I'm noticing this as I'm reading at the bottom. It says the author, Leslie Ford, is founder of Ford Policy Solutions. And she served as special assistant at the White House on the Domestic Policy Council from 2018 to 2020. Hmm. Um, so she has a vested interest in presenting this as a good thing because uh, her portfolio or what she advised the White House on includes foster care policy. But at the same time, I'm still at this point where knowing that, mm-hmm. not a bad thing to help foster care. Kids. Right, it's still a good thing. It's still a good, <laughs> good cause. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I think that's why this executive order was not covered much in liberal in liberal uh, 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 sources in liberal in liberal liberal news outlets. Mm-hmm. Because what are they going to say? Trump did this good thing. Right. Yeah. How dare yeah. you? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of almost all they got. No. <laughs> If they if they say that, then it goes against like everything else they produce. Right, like dang it, Trump, quit doing good things so we can talk bad about you. <laughs> Either we talk good about him on this issue, or we just don't mention it. Right, exactly. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Just opposite, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have anything mean, if you don't have anything bad to say, keep quiet. Yeah. <laughs> um, now for the liberal art, because it was. I had a hard time reading the liberal article because it wasn't really an article from a liberal news source. Mm-hmm. It was an, it was a statement from a group of lawyers who are often branded as being more liberal. But mm-hmm. It wasn't from a liberal news source. It was, it was lawyers who were, who were sharing their perspective on an issue that touches on cases that they're currently arguing. Right. So I gave them a 2.0 because they have a vested interest in being on the opposite side of the president. Yeah, but I also gave them less than the conservative article because if they have that vested interest, it was a pretty well measured response. Like there are, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, they they touched on a lot of good points, and and they're not wrong in what they're saying. Well, and and all the opinions are contained in a testimonial. Like it's not the official opinion of the source; it's the opinion of this of this person who's connected to the source. Right. Right. Um. So I, I, I you know. And the thing about it is the rest of their statement provides context for the system explained in the conservative article. Yeah. Executive order provides increased access to funding resources to groups that will help place foster children in homes and make attempts to hold states accountable for bureaucratic efficient inefficiencies that traditionally arise. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's just that since the Trump administration is also providing funding for and filing briefs on 
behalf of groups who limit their possible adopter families. Uh, the move seems more like a calculated political tactic as opposed to a more honest effort to help the foster children. So there was a there was a little bit of bias in yeah. the whole source, but it, it it makes sense based on who they are and, and, and sort of why they're issuing the statement. Yeah. Yeah. And keep, yeah. Keeping with that in mind, I would give it a 2.0 as well. Um, I said that weird. Uh, a two as well. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm right on the same boat with you guys on it. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. It's a, st- it, it's a statement. It's not, Right, and that's the thing. There's not there's not as much emotion going on behind you know beyond that. It was just just you know taking a lot of things, a lot of facts in in, in check. And even and, and since it was their statement, like you would expect a news article to do what the conservative article did and explain how this is this uh, executive order is meant to help foster children. And you know they didn't really do that in the liberal article because it's not an article. It's mm-hmm. right, yeah. So so it's it's hard to judge as an article since it's not right you know it's 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 that whole you know square is a rectangle but a rectangle is not a square thing <laughs> oh man i got that wrong in school <laughs> uh, that was one of my worst subbing experiences ever i was in a gifted and talented class and trying to explain that to a, a bunch of kids who have been told they're they're very very smart and so they i i explained that like a square fulfills the definition of a rectangle but a rectangle does not fulfill the definition of a square and they kept trying to argue the opposite and it's like no be <laughs> <laughs> smart but you're wrong here right <laughs> and that's probably how a lot of people feel about me a lot of the time <laughs> people are always blowing smoke on my ass about how smart i am and i'm probably dumber than i think i am <laughs> you can't say that <laughs> Um, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my, my final thought, basically there's another thing that, uh, there's another side to this, uh, issue and that is the, the, the electoral side and how, um, this relates because, you know, we're, we're in an election cycle and, and, and really the only, it's good things for our podcast that we're in an election cycle because the partisanship is just going to get more, more and more bitter yeah. in November. Absolutely. Um, but it also means that actions like this, you, you have to consider the electoral uh, issues at stake. And so, um, you know, one of the things that I've been reading recently is about how the president has been losing and they're not connecting it per se. They're saying that the president has been losing uh, a group that he's traditionally held strong in older white males. And I think what they're what they're not really fully explaining is something that I thought of early on is that like when they talk about how the president hasn't really handled uh, uh, the COVID situation and, and the protests in a way that uh, many Americans think he should have, uh, according to polls. Um, I think what they're not making the connection of is like when you talk about trying to be a law and order president and trying to be strong uh, from the federal government standpoint, you're going to turn off a significant portion of people who consider themselves libertarian. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because if you're if you're talking about increasing the federal government, whether you're Democrat or Republican, you're going to turn off a libertarian. Yeah, it doesn't matter which party. And so, uh, you know, I think that's where where he's losing people is he's losing people on the on the libertarian um side of the Republican Party. Right. And I think that they're kind of an underrepresented side of the Republican Party because people 
uh, at least since the moral majority, since the 80s, have kind of really looked at the Republican Party as the party of the evangelical. Um, yeah. You know, and I think that even though that has been a strong wing in the Republican Party, there's a there's an, a slightly lesser but still equal, still very strong uh, libertarian voice in the Republican Party. And, and, and so trying to be a strong armed law and order president who's going to throw the military might around on, uh, you know, yeah. the country is definitely going to turn off uh, some libertarians. <clears throat> and I'm bringing that up because that was that's in this election cycle. Um, in the 2018 election cycle, uh, where there was a higher than normal voter turnout for a non-presidential election, um, there was a lot of volatility in the female vote in general, but particularly in a, what was previously considered to be like a staunchly unmovable female group, which was white evangelical females, and particularly younger white evangelical females. Um, mm -hmm. And 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 it, 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 the context there is due to generally low voter turnout in over the past like 30 to 40 years um as well as the general as the overall structure of the electoral system it doesn't take a large shift in the preference of voting demographics for a monumental change um you know it, it really only takes like five percent of the vote in general across the country to affect you know what's happening in swing states in the electoral college or what's happening in a given locality uh, you know, just ask the guy who was unexpectedly unseated in a primary by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Like, it doesn't take a huge, it, it, it can be a small shift that makes a huge change. Right. Um, so uh, when a significant enough group of white evangelical women were suddenly willing against to go against the main issue they claimed to vote for, which was the pro-life issue, abortion, um, it was interesting to hear why. I listened to a few podcasts at the time, and as it was described, you know, they, they described like their whole political identity was being pro-life. But then uh, in the early years of the Trump presidency, being confronted with images of kids and it didn't matter the race, which is kind of a testament to improvements, uh, even if they are subtle and small. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the images of kids in, in cages uh, and in prison like conditions. Um, yeah simply for the crime of having parents who wanted to provide a better life for their children, uh, it, it forced those women's women to question the actual actions of a man who might provide lip service to the pro-life political agenda, yeah. but they felt showed little concern for the children after they were born. Right. Uh, so since 2018, if you've been looking, you have seen efforts from the Trump campaign team to bridge the gap with the white women they've been losing. Mm. Um, you know, there's the, there, there was trying to tarnish the president's front running opponent by bringing up the one case in which he was accused of improper actions, uh, you know, that kind of ultimately led people to remember the 18 plus accusations against the president himself, who is honestly a real rival for his buddy, Bill Clinton. <laughs> I'm in office. Yeah. You know, um, another example of, of trying to win back those female voters is sending Lara Trump, Eric's wife, Kimberly Gofoyle, um, Donald Don Jr.'s girlfriend and Karen mm -hmm. to speak on the president's behalf at campaign events, um, and 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 so with that in mind, you got to think about how uh, you know people who are pro-life often point to the choice of adoption over abortion. Yeah. Um, so this action during an election cycle, um, again, 
I still think it's a good thing. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna decry it. Um, mm-hmm. But there is something to be said for the idea that it's an attempt to woo those women who were lost from uh, the the tr- by the Trump campaign back into voting party line for the president. Um, you know, and and overall, mm-hmm. you know, I have to, I feel like I have to bring it up. I can't not say it. Right. But overall, all of that is irrelevant um, because. In my mind, the real measure of this act of the president is not in the political considerations. Like, I'm bringing it up, I'm saying it, and yet I still don't think it even, I, I, when it comes right. to bring this action, right? relevant. I think it's important to states so that people have all the facts or have all yeah. the, sort of have all the, uh, have all the considerations in mind. But at the same time, if you're going to judge this action, then, you know, the only way to judge it is if this action results in more children in the foster care system being placed with families who will love and support them. Right. If yeah. more going to be placed with families who love and support them, then all that political stuff is out the window. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. you can dislike a lot of things about the, the administration of president Trump. Um, but you have to admit this is, not bad. <laughs> no, it's a good move on his part and kind of, you know, uh, makes him seem more humane. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's uh, um, um, I'm looking up a song. There's a song by the Descendants called American. Um, and <laughs> sort of in, in the same way, from, there's a quote in this one that I want to, um, he says, they, they say, I'm proud and ashamed every 4th of July. You've got to know the truth before you say that you've got pride. And like the, hmm. the you know, the, the, the lyrics are, we flipped our finger to the king of England, stole our country from the Indians with God on our side and guns in our hands. We took it for our own. A nation dedicated to liberty, justice and equality. Does it look that way to you? It doesn't look that way to me. Um, but, you know, he brings up stuff that he loves and then things that he hates. I come from the land of Ben Franklin, Twain and Poe and Walt Whitman. Walt Whitman Otis Redding, Ellington, the country that I love, but it's a land of the slaves and the Ku Klux Klan, Haymarket Riot and the Great Depression, Joe McCarthy, Vietnam, the sickest joke I know. And so, like, the point is, you know, I can have pride in this country because I know the dirty laundry and I hate the dirty laundry and I will work, I will help work to expose the dirty laundry. And yet I'll still look around and say, um, you know, it's, it's still the the one country I'd I'd want to live in. I absolutely want to go. Right. Yeah. I can I can point out places where I wish my country was better, you know. Yeah. Um and that's why I have pride in my country because I, I want my country to get better. I want to be able to express that pride even stronger. Yeah. You know, and so when it comes to uh uh this action by the president, I feel like it's the same way. You know, you you you, you gotta know the truth before you say that you've got pride. I regardless of how I feel about this president, I applaud this action that he has taken. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's un- unarguable. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? Um, and so, and so when it comes to what the ACLU said, if there are agencies that want to help families adopt, but only certain families, then they can participate in the adoption and, and foster care system. Yeah. They do it without the use of government provided money. Right. It's not that, it's not the role of the government to tell faith-based organizations who they can work with, but the government should not be actively supporting discrimination with their money, which is really our money. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right. You know, those, if those homosexual couples, if those same sex couples provide tax money, yeah, then the right to participate in the foster care system. Absolutely. Yeah. As provided I mean, by the federal government. Yeah. If you're willing to, if they're willing to pay, you can't really then be like, well, then you, you can't be in it. It's like, but I'm technically paying for this. How can I not? And they're, the ta- and they're paying the taxes too, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's kind of the point is like, my taxes are going to it. How can I not also participate in it? I'm wanting to help. Right. Someone. Absolutely. Exactly. So anyway, you know, that, 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 that's why this one was, was sort of a fascinating one to look into was just because, you know, it's something where regardless of, how, <laughs> regardless of how we feel about this president, you know, this is something where we can point to it and go, Hey, here's the president trying to help some people out. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if, if people <laughs> hook, hook on to what I said about being a, a little leftist in a conservative town in, in high school, you know, we can we can be those uh, those slightly lean left people who are still going to give the president his credit when uh, mm-hmm. when he does something right. Right. <laughs> so. All right, guys, that about unties this knot. Yep. Uh, thank uh you know, I'm glad we had a good, a good uh, uh, story, uh, a sort of feel good story to to untie this week. Yeah, agreed. It was very nice to not be upset about something that somebody did to actually be supporting uh, uh, something that somebody in the government did. Yeah, from all sides. Yeah. yeah um, it's a good change of pace. Yeah. <laughs> and there were so many other things that we could have covered that are just... Sure. Dumpster fires of uh, of of knots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but we are a listener supported podcast. Uh, if you would like to donate, our Patreon is listed below. We are still working on gifts and ideas and 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 stuff like that. And I know we say that every week. Um, the real issue is I, I and, and I'll, I'll talk to you guys about this uh, over the course of this week. I have an idea for something, but in order to do it, I actually have to finish writing something. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I have five chapters of it planned and I'm only I've only finished chapter two and I still have edits that I want to add to everything so it's like I have this idea <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's going to take a while before that can be an idea or a gift so uh, you know we're still working on it we're you know we're going to we'll well, yeah we'll try to get you the uh, the low hanging fruit uh, you know until then <laughs> <laughs> yeah and there's a there's a couple of things I still need to work on and I know I'd I've been lagging a little behind, but I'm definitely going to think um, with the holiday coming up, I have an extra day free. I'm going to take advantage to work on something for sure. Yeah. Well, and see, for me, I'm, I'm you know, on, on the summer break. And uh, so I'm working on what I'm going to do next year and stuff like that. So it's just I have I have writing upon writing upon writing to do, uh, mm-hmm. you know just a bunch of different things <laughs> i want to get it done <laughs> and when i do it'll uh hopefully be something good that i can that i can use to help support our our podcast mm-hmm. um but as always thank you all for listening and we will see you next time on untying the knot uh, stay safe and stay as well informed as you can be all right. yeah, that's right take care y'all take care <laughs> stay safe